0: Tonight, I'm going to talk about radical self responsibility. And I'll begin by saying this is something I've talked about a lot. I, I, think the, I think all of us adults that are alive now, and I include myself very much in this, I think we're the most spoiled cohort of adults that have ever been on Earth. It's so funny, we we all carry the Internet in our pocket, you know, and we take that for granted. We think that's normal. At any time we can answer any question, we can get any video we want, you know, all kinds of things right at our, our fingertips. We interact all the time with apps that are trying to figure out what we want, trying to do their very best guess. to. To figure out exactly what we want, you know, and that's just part of the world we navigate. You know, it's so easy for us to choose to have exactly the food we want, and wear exactly the clothes we want, watch exactly the movies we want, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and ultimately, we're so spoiled; we want to believe the things we want. We want to pursue the just the facts and the interpretations that we want. You know, and that's that's something very easy to see when someone else is doing it, but hard to see when we're doing it. You know, and I think we all do it a little more than we realize. And so the antidote to all of this is responsibility. Now, a more conventional understanding of responsibility, of course we're each one of us is responsible for our words and our actions what we do we're we're responsible for everything we control we're also responsible for everyone we influence and that one that last one is a little um, i think underappreciated um And of course, you know, say in the Sangha, I don't control anyone's experience, but I have influence on other people, and I'm responsible for the influence I have. And influence is funny because we live in a very head-centered world. A lot of people are very much up in their heads. And for people up in their heads, they think that their influence stops when their words stop, you know I've heard head centered people say, "You know, I have a problem with so and so, but I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna keep quiet you know, and how can I say when we're carrying a bad feeling toward another, even though we don't express it, people energetically can feel that you know there there are vibes we send out, you know there's Probably pheromonic vibes. There's certainly unconscious defense patterns that people pick up unconsciously. Like people, people can tell the negative emotions that you have, even if you don't express them. You know. And ultimately, it's something I often say that the most powerful statement we make, it's not actually anything we say or even what we do, the most powerful statement we make is the energetic signature sent out from from our core. You know? That has the, the the most powerful influence, you know? And what is the energetic signature we send out from our core? You know? Do we genuinely move through the world from a place of of love and acceptance and this sort of thing? So that's a more conventional level of understanding. Um, part of, of self-responsibility is emotional sovereignty. I am 100% responsible for everything I feel. I am 100% responsible for my emotional states. Um, and that's a very anti-intuitive idea in this culture. Uh, We have lots of language around, you know, that other person made me angry, made me sad, made me happy, you know. And when we're talking about something outside of us or someone outside of us making me feel something, essentially I'm saying that 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 outside person has influence over my internal states, you know. If someone says something and then I feel angry... That's my anger, you know? That's my anger to hold and reflect on. And it may be that as I reflect it, and I realize I have to set a better boundary with the other person, you know? But we get, there. there's actually no healing in victim status and blame and all of that. There's no empowerment, no healing, ultimately no joy to be found by following self-pity or victim status or blame. And so of course I am responsible for what I feel. No one else is responsible for what I feel and I'm not responsible for what anyone else feels. You know, and there's a lot there's all kinds of codependent stuff in this in this society of people taking, you know, unusual degrees of responsibility for what other people feel, you know. Now, of course, I am not responsible for what any other human being says or does. And I'm certainly not responsible for larger socio-political happenings in in the world around me. But here's the subtle thing. It's a very subtle distinction and a big but not responsible for all that outside stuff. But I am one hundred percent responsible for how it lands in me, how I interpret it, how it makes me feel, and how deeply it impacts me. I am responsible for all of that, so I'm not responsible for what the other person says, but everything about how the other what the other person says lands in me, I am responsible for that, and part of that is is just having good boundaries. And, of course, we're responsible for our boundaries. We're responsible for how good our boundaries are. And if my boundaries aren't good, then I have to do work to, to get better boundaries. I'm responsible for doing that work. Part of how deeply we're impacted also has to do with capacity. And I've talked about capacity many times before. You probably have heard me say I have a, a dear friend who likes to say the most important question in life is how big is your capacity? So just to just a brief reminder, capac- emotional capacity is how big an emotional intensity can I hold. If I encounter an event that is within my capacity, then I can remain calm, I can remain balanced, I can remain intentional. If I've chosen ideals, I can live out my chosen ideals. When I encounter an event that is greater than my capacity, I'm overwhelmed. Ego, in, a, in some way, kind of goes offline when we're overwhelmed. Often, it's much more primitive patterns of defense that are taking over in a moment that we're overwhelmed. Um, any possibility of, of living out chosen ideals is just completely out the window when we're overwhelmed. And so, of course, a person with a very small capacity would be overwhelmed by just the, up, the ordinary ups and downs of everyday life. You know, and there there are some people like that. Um, most people who are competent, functional adults, they have what I would call conventional level capacity. They can totally handle the ordinary ups and downs of everyday life. But they may be overwhelmed by the exceptional events. Um, and we're really, we're responsible for how big our capacity is. And we're responsible... For growing our capacity. The way we grow our capacity. Is by leaning into our edge. By making a habit of leaning into our edge. Facing our deepest fears. Facing our deepest demons. And just being with them every day. You know. Just leaning into as much of that uncomfortable experience. As we can hold. You know. And if I do this every single day. Then slowly I'm acclimating over time. You know, it's it's a funny thing about facing facing one's deepest fear. It's not a one-time event. You know, in in practice, what happens is, you know, you start, you begin the process of facing your deepest fear. You're leaning into it. You can feel more and more of it, you know, in that process, of course, because you're giving compassionate attention, healing is happening. You know, eventually that fear is completely integrated and it dissolves. And I have a much bigger capacity at that point. But at that point, the next fear starts to come online. The thing that I didn't even have the capacity to feel the edge of before, now I can feel the edge of it. (laughs) And so now that's my greatest fear. And now I have to start working on that, you know. It's like in the old um, Beowulf myth. You know, Beowulf slays Grendel. Everyone thinks he's done. And then Grendel's mother comes out of the swamp, you know. so we're responsible for our boundaries we're responsible for our capacity and ultimately we're responsible for our for continuing our personal growth work or our spiritual work however you however you you phrase that we're responsible for the level of our focus and the the quality of our attention all of that we're responsible for um as i've i've talked about many times there's this such a profound link between How much happiness we have and the quality of our attention, you know, and the more vivid and vital and crisp and clear my attention is, the more vibrant and magical the world I experience is, you know. And when I'm when I'm distracted, I miss a lot of the world and the world is not very interesting, you know. So what the thing that we call the world is so deeply determined by the by the quality of the attention that we bring and we're responsible for the quality of our attention. Now I'll say also that how do I want to phrase this? When we're starting on the spiritual path, maybe when we're younger, a lot of spiritual growth, a lot of personal growth is about about willpower and about achieving and about, you know, I'm going to start this new habit and I'm going to break this bad habit, you know. And there, there's a lot of doing and determine you know, succeeding and achieving. As we move toward the second half of life, a lot of personal growth, a lot of spiritual growth is about letting go and surrender. You know, and, you know, how, how gracefully can I let go? How nobly can I let go, you know? And so then responsibility enters this whole other thing. How well can I surrender? How well can I let go? I will say, and this again goes back to capacity, you know, conventional people have have the capacity so that everyday life is something they can manage, but maybe something out of the ordinary is something they can't manage. Um, you know, it's it's the... It's hard to say this, but really in every life, tragedy strikes at some point. You know, in every life, Something unbelievably hard happens at some point, and and part of our responsibility about the capacity is to develop enough capacity that we can handle those things when they inevitably happen. You know, there are a thousand different ways that life can challenge us. You know, and so it looks it can look very very different from one person to the next. Um. But to be a To be human is to be profoundly vulnerable. And so how can we be noble in occupying the vulnerability of everyday life? So at this point, I'll share, in a moment I'll share the quote sheet, but I'll, I'll close with talking a little about the serenity prayer. Of course, you're, you're probably familiar with the the, the standard serenity prayer. It was composed by Reinhold Niebuhr, and it, it's used in 12-step programs. My friend James has a has kind of a humorous take on the serenity prayer. He says, uh, God get, grant me serenity to deal with all the people that I don't control. That's everyone else. The courage to control the one pe- person I can control, myself, and the wisdom to know the difference. I've thought about the serenity prayer for years, and, and I think I've shared this before. I've, I've developed my own version of the serenity prayer, because I really felt that responsibility should be part of the serenity prayer. Um, and so this is the version of the serenity prayer I say every day. May I take deep responsibility for all the consequences of my action, both intentional and unintentional. May I take deep responsibility for my emotional states. May I take deep responsibility for everything I control and everything over which I have some kind of influence. May I accept complete surrender toward all those aspects of life beyond my control and my influence. May I cultivate tremendous trust and acceptance wherever my control and influence ends may I relax into the deep vulnerability of human life. And between what I control and what I do not, what I influence and what I do not, may I have the wisdom, the courage, and the insight to know the difference. So at this point, I'll share the quote sheet. just drop the quote sheet in the chat there. So I included on the quote sheet my version of the serenity prayer. A couple from Ralph Waldo Emerson at the top. Discontent is want of self-reliance. It is infirmity of will. You know, and it's really it's a it's a reflection that we don't necessarily want to hear, but you know, when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm in, just in a snit, and in a you know, I'm upset with the world. There's a way that that's a failure of responsibility, you know, and it's you know, and it it's a lot, it's okay to allow ourselves to have a little bit of that, to feel a little bit of that, but you know, in a way, I'm being a child at that point, you know. And what does it really mean to grow up? Emerson also says, what lies behind us and what lies before us are small matters compared to what lies within us. Freud said, most people do not want freedom because freedom involves responsibility and most people are frightened of responsibility. Eleanor Roosevelt, that amazing woman said, Remember always that you not only have the right to be an individual, you have an obligation to be one. Viktor Frankl says, Ultimately a man should not ask what the meaning of his life is, but but rather must recognize it, it is he who asked. In a word, each man is questioned by life. He can only answer life by answering for his own life. To life, he can only respond by being responsible. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who died in the Holocaust, said, Action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility. Stanislav Jersey Lee said, No snowflake in an avalanche ever feels responsible. And that's kind of a humorous one until we realize, you know, there are all these things that are social things, social movements. And, you know, each one of us giving our little bit of support to it is exactly what makes it go forward, you know. And it can be hard to take responsibility for that little bit of of support I'm giving to it, you know. Sachichananda Saraswati said, a happy or unhappy life is your own creation. No one else is responsible. If you remember this, you won't find fault with anybody. You are your own best friend as well as your own worst enemy. Marion Woodman says, In analysis, this process toward self-responsibility is the key factor if any growth or transformation is to take place. Until we recognize and accept that the change is up to us, we're stuck in infantile judge-and-blame games. Jim Rohn says, you must take personal responsibility. You cannot change the circumstances, the essence, the seasons, or the wind, but you can change yourself. That is something you have charge of. The Zen teacher John Lori said, when we realize the ground of being, we take responsibility directly, because we realize that what we do and what happens to us are the same thing. The Dalai Lama says, I believe that we must consciously develop a greater sense of universal responsibility. We must learn to work not just for our own individual self, family, or nation, but for the benefit of all mankind. Bruce Lee said, If you always put a limit on everything you do, physical or anything else, it will spread into your work and into your life. There are no limits. There are only plateaus and you must not stay there. You must go beyond them. Wayne Dyer said, everything you do is based on the choices you make. It's not your parents, your past relationships, your job, the economy, the weather, an argument, or your age that is to blame. You and only you are responsible for every decision and choice you make, period. couple from Jack Cornfield. He says, we are part of a vast plan of life unfolding. When an individual loss strikes or there is a communal trauma, it is not a mistake. We have what it takes to endure it with courage. We can survive and grow strong like the wild trees on the mountain ridge that have weathered storms and become beautiful. With trust, we plant our seeds, tend them, and discover that although it is impossible to control the world, we can always give care the garden of our life. He also said freedom is an urgent, beautiful, and large responsibility and a natural consequence of being human. George Feuerstein said if we believe in the rebirth of our civilization then clearly this renaissance must begin in the chambers of our own heart. We cannot wait for society to change or for our institutions to be renewed We, as individuals, must assume responsibility for our own personal transformation. Natalie Goldberg said, This is your life. You are responsible for it. You will not live forever. Don't wait. Very direct. Barbara Jangeli said, Living with integrity means not settling for less than what you know you deserve in your relationship asking for what you want and need from others, speaking your truth, even though it might create conflict or, detention, or tension, Behave in way, behaving in ways that are in harmony with your personal values, making choices based on what you believe, not what others believe. Andrew Clavin said, this isn't just the way things are. This is the way you made them. This is the result of your choices, your actions, yours. Henry Cloud says, Boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and somebody else begins, leading to a sense of ownership. Knowing what I am to own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. Taking responsibility for my life opens up many different options. Boundaries help, keep, help us keep the good in and the bad out. Setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one who makes them. You are the one who must live with the consequences. And you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. We must own our own thoughts and clarify distorted thinking. Jaggi Vasudev said, All along you've been shaping your destiny unconsciously but you can work on it consciously. If you make the effort to access your core and realize that everything is your responsibility and shift your focus inside, you can rewrite your destiny. John Miller says, this is not a chance. There's not a chance that we will reach our full potential and so we stop blaming each other and start practicing accountability. John Haight says, When you first catch sight of a fault in yourself, you are likely to hear frantic arguments from your inner lawyer, excusing you and blaming others, but try not to listen. You are on a mission to find at least one thing that you did wrong. When you extract a splinter, it hurts briefly, but if you keep going and acknowledge the fault, you are likely to be rewarded with a flash of pleasure that is mixed oddly with a hint of pride. It is the pleasure of taking responsibility for your own behaviour. It is a feeling of honor. J.K. Rowling said, there's an expiry date on blaming your parents for steering you in the wrong direction. The moment you are old enough to take the wheel, responsibility lies with you. Rob Waldrop said, my life is immeasurably enriched by taking responsibility to do what I can with what I have where I am. Steve Maraboli said, The victim mindset dilutes the human potential. By not accepting personal responsibility for our circumstances, we greatly reduce our power to change them. Idawu Kuyenakan says, But if you forgive somebody for something they did to you, it doesn't mean you agree with them or believe it was right. Forgiving the person means you have chosen not to dwell on the matter anymore. You have moved on with your life. Laurie Myers says, The power behind taking responsibility for your action lies in putting an end to negative thought patterns. You no longer dwell on what went wrong or focus on whom you are going to blame. You don't waste time building roadblocks to your success. Instead, you are set free and can focus on succeeding. Anthony St. Martin said, Self-pity is spiritual suicide. It is an indefensible self-mutilation of the soul. Richie Norton says, quite simply, whatever is triggering you is on you. Aguirre Brost says, stop blaming other people for your own behavior. Own the truth. If, If you don't like it, then invest time and energy to change it. Alana Hunt says, it is only when you take responsibility for your life that you discover how powerful you are. Amy Lee McCree says, What is the secret ingredient to true happiness? Decisive optimism and personal responsibility. Race Momenikin says quite wisely, What has happened to you is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. And finally, two from Mark and Angel Chernoff. It's not what you say to everyone else that determines your life. It's what you whisper to yourself that has the greatest power. They also said, when you stop worrying about what you cannot control, you have time to change the things you can control, and that changes everything.